welcome back to another episode of the Drunk Friend Podcast. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Trav. Over there is Alex. Good old SNES drunk. Drunken it up over there in Albuquerque land, my dude. How you doing? Okay. How are you? <laughs> I never know. It's so funny. I never know how it's going to come back to me. Because you and I will talk for like 30 minutes before, and you'll be jovial, and you'll be like, Sup, Trav? Yeah, I had a good day. And then on the podcast, I'm like, how you doing, Alex? You're like, yeah, good. It's like uh, <laughs> like you're the kid sitting in the back of the class that doesn't want to be called on by the, the microphone teacher. Okay. intimidates me, man. I, I'm intimidated. It's listen, you have an intimidating presence. I, I don't know what to say when you ask me that. It's too. Yeah, it's I'm too no much. John Riggs. I'm no oh, John Riggs. Freaking John Riggs is is the best. He's one of my favorite people we've ever had on this podcast. I know, man. He's such an easy interview. The dude could seriously have a two hour yeah. solid interview with a doorknob. Like he is so good at just talking. And riffing. Yeah. Well, you got that to look forward to, folks. I'm sure you read the title of the episode, so you shouldn't be surprised to know that John Riggs is back and he'll be Riggs. coming up. <laughs> he'll be coming up at the end of the show. And you, you managed to go through a whole interview without dropping your uh, your lethal weapon line. I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm in surprised. You. Uh, I disappoint. I think I actually disappointed the actual Riggs with my lack of rig. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but we did get some Riggs on Riggs action. You know, I'm spoiling too much. Let's <laughs> let's chat about other stuff here. So, <laughs> I just love the sentence Riggs on Riggs action. That is just <laughs> one of my favorite sentences that's ever been constructed by anybody it's so great it's, it's and it'll make that. more sense later i think yeah. people right now think we're describing a traffic jam in a turnpike or maybe we uh, accidentally cloned john riggs maybe mm. he's he's you know he has to talk to himself somehow i don't know I, yeah that, that's a terrible joke i'm sorry it's not great you know what i'm gonna leave it in <laughs> so that people know that i'm funnier because sometimes i get a little weirded out when you're funny and i'm like wait a minute what am i supposed to be doing if you're funny but, uh, man, you know what? We weren't going to talk about videos, but I got to bring it up. Guts, do you have it? Because you, you, you no, played it. No, I don't it. want you... your guts. I told you that last week. I you know. I was watching that video, and I was surprised to hear you throw some shade at Nickelodeon. You're like, I don't care about Nickelodeon. I don't like any of the shows. SpongeBob. Just talking about this with my girlfriend, where <laughs> I don't... I, I did not grow up with Nickelodeon. I didn't like it. I didn't like... Any other shows or anything like that? Uh, shit like Nickelodeon Guts was just come on. Like oh, really? I loved the Guts. This passes for entertainment. Like come on. Oh, I was so entertained, man. You know what was better no. than Guts, though, in my opinion. Why would I want Nickelodeon Guts when I've got American Gladiators? Give me that instead. Ah, uh, I don't know because I I, I can't be a gladiator. I knew I was never going to do a sit up in my life, but I could see these kids and be like, maybe I could get lucky enough to be one of these freaking kids on this show. I'll never be a gladiator. Come on, pull up sit ups, eating vegetables. No way. What about uh, the? Ag what was your impression of the aggro crag when you were a kid? It was weird. I thought it was like a really big plastic pile of dog shit that glue glow glowed. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know what to make of that. That one kind of frightened me. But you know, I liked Legends of the Hidden Temple. Did you watch that? Did you care about that? I at all? I'm familiar with it, uh, mostly through uh, uh, what's that dude's name, John Boyce. I, I think he's oh, yeah. done like a bunch of extensive shit on that show. I, that's the only reason I know about it. I I, I was already aged out of Nickelodeon by the time oh, a lot of that on. stuff got popular. Uh, I liked on. Ren and Stimpy. I like you know when I was a kid, it was like, hey, dude. And yeah, shit like salute that. your shorts. Yeah, salute your shorts. 
Um, You're being very another? disparaging with your shit like that comments, and it's hurting my feelings. Yeah, <laughs> Rugrats was on. Uh, I forget what others, but I, it's like, dude, I'd rather watch freaking Looney Tunes at this point. Like, what are you doing here? What? Looney give me, Tunes? Give me, give me some Porky Pig and some Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny and... You yeah, you really are older than you come across. You're you're 57 years old. You just like <laughs> golf and Looney Tunes, man. That's right, golf. You. It's the Open Championship this week. Uh, Cameron Young shot a what is it a 65 or a 64 uh, this morning. And Cameron Young's a golfer. Cameron Young is That's a golfer. Yes, he's okay. a, he's a hell right. of a golfer. He's he's an up and coming superstar. Up and coming superstar king uh, to quote Jr. But. Uh, I don't know what I, I did do there, but um, no, that I, I that was uh, my that's my brother talking. Feel I, I thought I was talking to my brother for a second, but anyway, <laughs> Cam Smith is uh, five under. Rory McIlroy, that's a golf name for you, is six under, and Cameron Young, Cameron Young, sounds like a freaking cornerback for Oklahoma. He is uh, eight <laughs> under par, uh, a sixty four. So yeah, we are we okay. are gearing up for the weekend and the (laughs) i tweeted about this earlier my favorite thing about british golf about it's called they call it lynx golf over there just fyi Hmm. they have these amateurs that play the 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 british open Mm -hmm. and they have names this is a real person's name and he's a real person that is 18 years old or 19 years old his name is barclay brown and oh, he's that's a cool name. He's five under par. He sounds like that's the name of a beer. That's a beer flavor. <laughs> Barclay Brown. It, yeah. it sounds like uh, Encyclopedia Brown. It sounds like one of those like fictional mm-hmm. characters from the eighties. It's like uh, oh yeah. Every every single year you get one of these like kids that just shows up on the leaderboard, shoots a super low round, and is just <laughs> oh yeah. Of course, Barclay Brown is is in the mix. You know, it's like what. Since when? But Man. yeah, I'm going to apologize to everyone for bringing up Nickelodeon so that you would spitefully bring up golf. That was my bad. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, everyone. Can we talk more golf? My, my I'm pick, so sorry. Uh, John Rom, uh, aka Rombo, the the guy is disappointing me. He he is not. He shot a 73 today. It's not good. You're gonna make us smoke the whole pack, aren't you? Okay. Already freaking oh, smoke the whole pack and then some. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> chuck the bottle too. Uh, he's already seven shots back of Rory, which wow, and he's nine shots back of the lead. Like, come on, John Rom, your nickname is Rombo. Like, you're supposed to be a badass. And these shots are hard to come by. I take it hard uh, to get some. I I just wish that Rom was uh because I don't think he gets Lynx Golf yet. I think he needs to mature a little bit. We'll see. Hey, you've sportsed, you've sportsed, and it must feel good. But you know what? We have emails, and we got one from Josh Lopez. And I really, I mean, he spells it Josh like like Jaws almost with a sh on the end. Yes. And I just hope that that's actually his God-given. I hope he's not just fanatically being funny Josh. with Josh. I hope his parents actually named him Josh. But he says, what up, drunk friends, with that kind of that sarcastic up and down capitals uh, lowercase font mixture. Uh, he says, let's get right into it. Retro games are stupidly expensive. Wada and eBay scalpers have screwed all of us simple, lowly nerds trying to get physical copies of games that, let's be honest, have no right being as expensive as they are. 
Why does Mega Man X2 cost an arm and a leg when upwards to 2 million copies were sold at the time of its original release? Don't get me wrong, a lot of expensive retro games are great. I just hate going on price charting and seeing that Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door has nearly tripled in price since 2020. So I have two questions. Number one, do you think this relentless price gouging is a temporary result of everyone being at home during COVID or a long-term problem that retro gamers just have to live with now? Are you going to pause here and, and answer this or what? We might we might as well. We might as well. Oh, I guess I answered that for you. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you should have said we're going to pause here. Yeah. What What's your opinion of it? Uh, yeah, I think I think it is a result of everyone being at home during COVID and stimulus checks and people just feeling around and finding old hobbies and glomming onto them. Uh, but I don't think it's a temporary result. I think uh, I think the hike that we got is going to stick around and it'll slow down and prices will still go up, but it'll go up slower. And uh, some might come down and some have some spiked outrageously and are coming back down. But I think we're going to be looking at paying, you know, 30 to 40 percent more than we were in 2019 for the rest of existence unless something crazy happens. So, yeah, I guess we got to get used to it. <laughs> uh, apparently yeah apparently richard simmons uh yeah i guess that that is something that needs to happen uh in terms of i i i'm not sure if this is permanent or not uh i'm not freaking what's that guy's name kramer something kramer the oh yeah yeah i know what you're talking about the, the uh the price meme, dude the price guy i i don't pretend to understand anything about finance or about economic trends or anything like that all i know all i can speak about is like what i've experienced personally when it comes to this stuff what really sucks is the scarcity of things for me and when something becomes available it becomes available at a very short time for a very high price in this interview i talk a little bit about uh my trip to seattle and to pink gorilla and at Pink Gorilla, the Game Boy Advance stuff, which I was really looking forward to uh, checking out and just getting whatever was there. Okay, here's here's what we have. Like three SpongeBob games and two Cartoon Network games. That's it. It's like, well, that sucks. That's a, that knocks your dick in the dirt right there. That's freaking stupid. <laughs> so wow. it's it, it really is just kind of a, a super letdown because... The, the people that have the stuff that you want are only going to sell it to the highest bidder. And I think that's kind of a long-term thing. I think that's going to be a, a long-term thing. Uh, and that sucks. It's it's a disappointment. So Yeah, that's just how things go. I mean, it's not like I blame those yeah. people. I mean, if, if you can get money out of something, get money out of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, it's, it's no different than like, you know, like... I had friends I grew up with that were big gearheads that wanted to rebuild the muscle car they had back in the 60s and 70s. So they would build it piece by piece and, you know, order parts, you know, from the local shops and whatever. And this is somewhat similar to that, I think. It's like, okay, so there's this many people. Okay, we're only going to make this many. It's the Nintendo strategy. We, we're only going to make this many parts available to this many people. They're going to create a certain kind of scarcity towards stuff. Like, it was hard enough getting Tony Hawk 2 for Game Boy Advance 
under twenty dollars. It's like this game sold millions of copies. <laughs> like, why am I right? paying? This? I know. Why am I paying eighteen dollars for a Game Boy Advance copy of this game? It's stupid, but it's because people are less willing to part with what they have, and they know they can command a certain price. It's just the reality. It's just how it is. It sucks. Yeah, and the more people that get interested in the hobby, the scarcer it gets, and the yeah. more, and then yada yada. And so, yada. don't forget about the people that blame YouTube channels for all this happening in the first place. I know, Alex, you've done so much for I've these freaking s- prices, dude. Oh god, not in a good way either. Oh, you've and, just and been you hurting. Get the, it. You get the paranoid assholes that are like freaking. Oh, here, here's this. Here's SNES drunk. He's going to do a video on Nickelodeon Guts because he's got like 10 copies of Nickelodeon Guts that he wants to sell on eBay. Or not. <laughs> I wish you'd sell me a copy. I can't I can't even come across a good copy of Guts these days. Jeez Louise. Uh, I'm kidding. I don't want it. You can have it. Uh, you can. That uh, game can piss up a rope. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, I think we're stuck with the, the bit of the, the hype. It seems like I mean, it's I'm, not going away. It seems like this is just how it's going to be. Yeah, it'll at least, you know, if it comes back down, it'll never be as quote unquote yeah. good as it was in 2019. And even then it wasn't great. No, it wasn't. It it was great in the early 2000s. I'll say that mm. much. Perfect. In fact, when I wasn't yeah. in the hobby and wasn't even aware of the hobby, that would have been a great time. But <laughs> uh, oh, well, here we are. Number two. Sorry, what are John. some? Sorry, John. What are some Holy Grail video games that you Two have in your collections that you were able to buy before this fucked up retro boom, and Alex is forbidden from mentioning Chrono Trigger. Thanks, Josh Lopez. Thank you, Josh. Why am I forbidden um, from saying Chrono Trigger? What's, what's I think he that? just wants a, a unique answer in case that's, you were going to say Chrono Trigger. Boo! That's lame. Come on, say something besides Chrono Trigger for once. Oh, Ken don't Griffey say King Jr. presents me. Damn it! Based. Damn it! Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> got his ass. Got his. Got, got his ass. my ass. Got, got mine and Josh's ass. ass. That was awesome. Uh, I think um, not a holy grail thing, but I was able to get Gradius Three complete in the box, manual box cartridge, everything, really good condition. Twenty dollars, and this is back in oh. like 2014. So I was really proud of that one. Um, I was also one of the few. There was a a weird instance where there was a batch of brand new unopened uh, F-Zero cartridges for Super Nintendo, uh, boxes rather, like complete in the box, brand new. Uh, They were the thousand or what is it? The million seller? I'm looking back now at the... Yeah, they were the million seller uh, editions of... Uh, F Zero. I was able to get those. I was, or I was able to get that for less than twenty bucks. I forget the exact price, but wow. um, I think the last really good get was probably Super Castlevania Four, complete in the box, and even then, that was like fifty dollars, and Dang. I was fine with that because it's like it's a game I love. It's a game I've played the hell out of i'm going to play the hell out of it again uh yeah it's it's an all-timer it's it's one of the 10 best games on super nintendo yeah so that that's those are my stories i i do distinctly remember that gradius one though because i remember thinking that was a steal even at the time yeah those are great gets for sure 
I've, I've had a few like really good pickup stories in the past, but like if we're talking cut it close, like right before um, the uh, the world uh, kind of came to an end. Um, in 2019, late 2019, I picked up mm. a copy of Gunnack uh, on the NES. What? For about a quarter of what it goes now. And I got, I don't know, I didn't realize it had gotten so freaking pricey. I just looked uh, just now. It looks like it's going for a little over 400 almost 425 uh, or so. And I didn't pay anywhere near close to that. And I'm just now realizing that one. So that one is... Oh. Um, okay, real-time wow. reaction. Yeah, freaking uh, hit a single on that one. And um, I want to say there was another one that came to mind. Um, let's see here. Yeah, the... Uh, this wasn't like too close before, but I picked up, you know, Action 52, that like real crummy yes. compilation cart. I, that was like a novelty pickup for me a few years ago for not too, too much. And that's tripled in price too. So yeah, I mean, some of those big, th- big games really tripled and doubled over the past bit and it's senseless. But man, I just got to be the guy that's just happy to have what he's got. Wait a second though. Wait a second. Like, why are people paying that much for? Uh, freaking! What is it called? Uh, Action Fifty Two. Action Fifty Two. Why? What? What? What are you paying for when you do that? It's, it's well, absurd. I think I think what people pay for is honestly just the collection piece. They're not paying for the game. They've always wanted the. They've always been collectors. They've always wanted the complete set or whatever their goal is. So it's is. a status and symbol. No, I think that's. That's a little bit too reductive. It's more just trying to fill a collection. If you want the you want that baseball card you've always wanted to complete the set, ah, you got to get it. You're f- trying to find the cheapest price, and unfortunately, so are a hundred other people that are right doing on. the same thing. So it just becomes one of those things. It's like when people say, like, I don't understand why Earthbound going on the eShop didn't lower the price of all the Earthbounds. It's because the people that were collecting Earthbounds weren't going to collect the digital version anyway. They're always going to collect the physical version, you and are- that number is still the same. Exactly right. That is dead freaking on. <laughs> you're you're a hundred percent right. That's that's exactly right. Like anybody that ever expects to anything, the price to go down for stuff like Earthbound is the perfect example because that game was released on the. It was the SNES Classic, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this is gonna bring down prices. I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. It will not no. do that. And it didn't because yeah. the people that were casually going to play that game just to check it out were never going to pay the price that it was. Right. And anybody that was collecting it was always still going to try to get it. So the price was always going to go up. But yeah, I think that's spot on. I think uh, that's just, you know, for people like me who like to collect the physical versions and you like to sift through your flea markets and find all your stuff. You're just always looking for that gold. So you don't have to pay these crazy, right. crazy prices. And sometimes the crazy, crazy prices Sometimes you got to treat yourself. I've treated <laughs> myself. Well, one quick thing I want to mention. The, I think my best get at a used game store, uh, and I'm trying to place the time this was. I want to say it was probably 20, uh, 2008, 2009, 2010 maybe, somewhere around those that uh, I was able to get Final Fight 3 just cartridge alone nice in a really nice condition and those late or i shouldn't say late those mid 90s uh cartridge labels that capcom put out were super cheap they were like paper 
I don't know what they did. They were just like really shitty paper, just bad quality. But I was able to get Final Fight 3 for $40. And I looked right now, loose price is one eighty one sixty three. Holy like, cow. And I'm like, fuck yeah. I'm like, I, I freaking nailed that one. Uh, and I love... Fi- the thing is, is that I love Final Fight 3. I love the idea of collecting video games in general because they're interactive stuff. Uh, they're yeah. not just there to you know they're not like action figures that just sit there and collect dust there you can actually do something with them so i love that but yeah anyway there's some guy out there playing with his action figures right now and he's like but, <laughs> but come on man i've got all of these lined up why i got you, why are you coming in on me what the hell he's doing the noises with his mouth pew 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 he just stopped listening to us he's like that's it <laughs> that's, that's it done drunk friend i'm not a friend anymore come on (laughs) it's the best time to be a gamer every second there's a brand new indie game released but there are so many of them it can feel overwhelming that's where the indie quest podcast comes in we build a list of recommended indie games called the quest log and celebrate the obscure titles that you should check out available everywhere podcasts are heard and on polymedia network here we've got your holy crap moment from james and he says good day drunk friends good day he says big fan of the show and both your channels thank you and he says thanks for all your great content onto the question the main console i grew up playing was the Sega Master System 2. It was oh, it was quite big in Australia in the early 90s. So, we have an Aussie here. Uh for my birthday one year, I got Golden Axe Warrior. It was actually an accidental gift. My parents thought it was <laughs> the normal Golden Axe, which is what I asked for. However, I wasn't upset at all. I was just excited to have a new game to play. So, I went downstairs and started playing with my brother and we ended up playing it for a few hours and got stuck uh just could not figure out what to do we loved the game but just could not continue the story or find where to go next this went on for probably a month or so a couple nights a week we would either start from scratch or load our save and wander around trying to figure out what to do jesus can i relate to that holy cow uh yeah i had kind of given up but my older brother was more persistent then one night we were just chatting while my brother was messing around in the first dungeon and he accidentally bumped into one of the lanterns it pushed into the wall and opened two doors in the room isn't that the best feeling oh my gosh yes when you just like end up like triggering something that's why i i still go back to games like uh uh blake stone uh, it's a DOS first-person mm, shooter, yeah. And there's tons of hidden areas that you just kind of bump into. It's such like a like that Doom engine. You just bump yes. it into walls and stuff, trying yeah. to get the door. To I open. think I think at that point it was the Wolfenstein engine, and it was oh right, same sort of deal. You just end up like unlocking stuff by accident. It's the best. Uh, but the email, yeah, he says uh, we were absolutely stunned. Our holy crap moment. Sorry, I ruined the. 
your moment there, the email. <laughs> but he says, uh, we then excitedly proceeded through the rest of the dungeon and killed the boss. From then on, we made our way through the rest of the game, eventually finishing it. Golden Axe Warrior is one of my favorite games of all time. And to this day, I still remember that moment very fondly. So the actual question, do you guys have a similar holy crap moment with the game? Cheers, James. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. That's a great email. Great question. I feel like my entire time playing the original Legend of Zelda with my dad, I know I bring up the original Legend of Zelda all the time, but I I had three games growing up, and that was the most interesting one. And we didn't have, you know, it goes without saying, we didn't have guides and internets to figure all this stuff out. So just pushing on every block until you get the one that moves and you get the chime that... (laughs) Like, that was something really special as a kid. And I think that's, I mean, 100% why I'm hooked on games was just little moments like that. Little stuff like that. I can't remember... I can't remember a specific instance. I'm sure if I thought long enough, I could have. But I totally get that feeling of of like, oh, my gosh, we just unlocked the world. We finally <laughs> figured out the thing. By accident or not, you finally did it. That's so cool. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's such, That's such a good way of putting it. Uh, I, and I go back to Blake Stone because that's such a good game for that. Uh, it's a first-person shooter, for those that don't know, that's really – it's one of those games where you just, like, run along the – sides of walls with the space bar pushed down (laughs) so you can freaking like unlock secret areas and stuff like that and once you do it is the most satisfying thing in the world it is just the best uh i really miss that game a lot uh it's not it doesn't hit the same now uh unfortunately but oh well uh but he talks about the emailer uh james talks about uh golden axe warrior sneaky good game like sneaky solid game very good game oh, yeah? it's, it's a very golden axe warrior quality i in fact i think a friend of the podcast hungry garaya has done a very recent playthrough of this uh and she, she almost certainly has done a follow-up video about that game so check it out yeah. if you can and of course, by very recent, uh, Alex means uh, December of 2018. <laughs> but, uh, you know, in, in the grand scheme of life, yep. pretty recent. Yep. I mean, we just saw the James Webb telescope billions of years ago. We, we could see those. That's You me. get it. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, I was sitting here. I, I know there's more moments like that that I could point to because I can just remember getting excited and almost like pulling the controller out of the TV from jumping around. And, but I, I just can't recall the moments right now. But so- I, I get it, James. What, let me ask it. you this. What about like sports games? Like, did you ever have a moment in a sports game? Because me and you both, I don't care about the list. Let's forget the listeners right now. <laughs> Always do. <laughs> who, who? Oh, stop. Uh, I, I, I want to know, though, like, did you have a moment in a sports game? I'm, I'm looking specifically at like NCAA 2K, like 14 or one of those where <laughs> you were like, holy shit that really happened or you're jumping around like just crazy happy yeah. about something i'm i'm you're you're just as much of a a sports guy as i am so yeah sure well you know how you get those like greatest game scores at least in 2k14 you would if you got like a big comeback usually it was a comeback driven thing yes. or maybe it went into like 13 overtimes and at some point yeah. i had like it, those just became 
things that just happened. And I and sadly, I saved them all. I have like, you know, if you go in my save card, you can see them all. And they kind of got ridiculous. But what's weird is that the thing that I remember most about playing any sports game where I had a moment of like, holy shit, that was awesome, was the very first time I played anyone else online in Madden. And this was like 2008 on like, uh, I guess it was a PS3 I think it was around 2000, yeah, 2008, 2009. It was on a PS3. Yeah. I remember playing somebody else online in Madden my very first time. And I don't remember what my team was, but I knew they were the Steelers. And I was down uh, 20 to nothing until the fourth quarter. And I come back. I get an onside kick at the very end. And then I, I throw a Hail Mary, catch it into the end zone. We're tied at 20, kick the field goal to win the game. And I was freaking ecstatic. Number one, the guy didn't turn the game off or like quit on me, yeah. which he totally, you know, <laughs> could have done. I would have probably done that. I was, I would have been so upset in his, <laughs> his place. But my girlfriend at the time was there and I was so excited about that, like geeking out to the point that I could just tell that she was like, get away from me. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Did you see that shit? Did you fuck? Call your mom. Call my mom. Holy fuck. Get everybody up here. I lived in a house with four other dudes, like, calling them in. Get up here and look. I was so <laughs> super duper excited. And what's funny is I was, I was on vacation this week, and something reminded me of this. I don't know what. I was walking around listening to a book, and I was like, I wonder if the guy that lost that game remembers that as much as I do. If he ever, like, man, one time I was playing Madden, this, this do you, fucking guy. Do you, do you guy. imagine that dude just, like, standing slowly and just, like, clapping? <laughs> I know. It was insane. It was like, insane. Just being like, you know what? Gotta got gotta pay homage to that as a great comeback. <laughs> I know, That's man. Insane. Hilarious, man. I love that. Yeah. I love stories like that. It's so damn good. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Crazy stuff. What about what about you? Uh I go back gotta... to the original Madden. One uh I, by original I mean the original that was on Super Nintendo. My dad, one day, I don't know why or how, he was just like, all right, here, here's what's happening. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing home the original John Madden football for uh, Super Nintendo. And it was one of those things where we only, you know, like most other households, we only got uh, games on special occasions. I, I only got Super Nintendo cartridges on uh, uh, birthdays or Christmas or whatever. Uh my dad just like showed up one day after work. Like, here you go. Here's Madden football. I was like, fuck yeah, this is fucking awesome. So, <laughs> my first playthrough, uh, I can't, I, I, I was the Vikings. That version doesn't have any kind of, uh, playoff mode or anything like, or any kind of, uh, regular season mode or anything like that. It just has a playoff mode where you start. Uh, and it does the traditional like March Madness style like eight team thing. I just remember uh, my fondest memory of that game was getting to the Super Bowl and playing against the Buffalo Bills and almost rage quitting to the because they were so overpowered. It was mm -hmm. so ridiculous. Thurman Thomas in the original Madden yeah. was ridiculous. Jim Kelly, Andre Reid, Bruce Smith on the defensive end just crushing you like every other play. So what ended up happening is I got really upset and I'm like, okay, fine here. The score was something like tied at 17. Uh, it's like, all right, fine. I got to the 40 yard line after this play. Let's just kick a field goal. See what happens. 
And it was like the most dramatic, like movie like thing in my child life at that point. The ball just going through the uprights. It's good. You end up beating the game. Here's fireworks. Here's all this crap happening all at once. And my brother was freaking out more than I was. I was just sitting (laughs) like stunned. Like, did that just really happen? I just beat the Bills with the Vikings. (laughs) Like the Vikings were shit in that game. They were total crap, but yeah, it's that's one I wanted to pick your brain about is because everybody has those moments, and that's mine. Uh, I did a yeah. terrible job telling it, but yeah, I I love sports games for that reason because they always give you those moments. Yeah, I mean, you got it manufactures the drama every time. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of programmed to. They're programmed to kick your butt. So yeah, imagine that. Imagine that. All right. Well, you know, let's close it out here with one more question. Yeah, I, I, I called Jono out. Uh, I just want to yeah. say right right now, I called him out. Jono, big time respect. Thank you for emailing. Answered us. the call. He answered the call. Yeah, he's like, uh, I don't know, he's like our firefighter. He's always there for us when we need him. He says, uh, <laughs> the title of the email is perfect. Well, since I got called out, dun, dun, dun. From John O. Hey there, drunk friends. I used to be an avid reader back in the day, but now with work and kids, I tend to find it hard to maintain the focus for reading unless something really grips me. What are your reading recommendations for gaming, adaptations, and historical biography, uh, fiction and nonfiction? Uh, have a great weekend. So, uh, do you got, you got any fictions and nonfictions? I don't have any fictions for gaming. I, I like the, uh, the nonfiction. Person. I never read fiction, so. I almost always read nonfiction, so. Same, same. But for non, I know we've brought it up here before. Uh, so I'm going to shout out that Blake Harris book, Console Wars. That's just yes. a banger. Uh, the audiobook is, is phenomenal. Um, but I just recently read, uh, Masters of Doom about, uh, Romero and, uh, Carmack, okay. the, the development of Doom back in the Dizay. And wow, that was awesome. It felt like I was reading a book about freaking rock stars because they were. Uh, in their time. So I, I, were, I enjoyed that quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. I always roll with Replay, written by uh, Tristan Donovan. It's one of my favorite books mm. I've ever read because the main thing it it hits on that I didn't realize was a thing was that like each region of uh, the country, or I'm sorry, each region of like Europe had its own spin on gaming as it developed as a media i'm not even sure what to call it uh just a thing like as a thing an artistic expression basically like spain Mm -hmm. like or france rather is probably a better example france is like oh we want to make very serious uh like novelizations like text adventure kind of things whereas england uh or the 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 uk were more like you know what we want to screw around with games we want to have really ridiculous monty python type stuff uh with Mm -hmm. you know boobs and dicks and all that sort of nonsense (laughs) it's just silly nonsense uh at where spain was another country that was like you know what we we want to do artistic expression we want to do what we want what we feel like uh it's it's a fascinating insight into a world I didn't know existed. So, you know, I'm a I'm a idiot, some idiot American. I don't know what to do with, you know, I'm I'm not cultured. So, it's 
fascinating to read about that stuff. So if you're not familiar with uh, video game history in the PC genre, uh, I recommend checking out uh, Replay by Tristan Donovan. That's an excellent, excellent resource and a really well-written, well-resourced book uh, that's uh, worth your time. There's, yeah, I agree with that. There's a few others, too. Uh, one that always gets mentioned is Game Over by David Sheff. Uh, it's very dry. Uh, it's extremely... It's it's not an easy read, I would say. It reads like a textbook, uh, but it's... Anything you ever wanted to know about Nintendo in the 90s is in that book. It's excellent. It's really well-researched. It's really... I loved it. I, I love stuff like that, so I'm always eager to recommend that that book if, if you're able to find it um <laughs> i still right remember it. the point where uh they nintendo did not want to use cds they were completely against using cds for the nintendo 64 they were stubbornly stuck with cartridges because and really the main reason was because they hated uh counterfeits like they hated fake copies of their stuff that much that they were like no we're going to stick with cartridges cuz they're harder to copy and that book was like really that's that's what held you back like that held you b- it's hindsight is 2020 of course but like i'm not sure nintendo to this day realizes like how much that held them back like yeah it's insane to think about it's like if you guys went with cds the same as sega saturn and playstation you guys would be like you never would have lost a step so it's fascinating to read i love stuff like that because i'm i really love video game history it's a really cool subject to dive into agreed also like how they doubled down they're like all right fine we'll do discs but they're going to be super tiny. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's more fear of counterfeiting right there. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, it would we'd be remiss if we did not shout out our pal Dean's website, which is a fantastic resource That's if right. you're looking for a video game book out there. So check out thevideogamelibrary.org. And man, Dean's just killing it over there, man. I, I love this website and everything he's done. So check it out. Yeah, please do. I want to double down on that. The The... It is the, it has the word the in it, videogamelibrary.org. So please visit that website. Do it, do it. All right. Well, coming up, uh, we alluded alluded to it earlier. We got the man himself, John Riggs, coming up. We're going to be talking about, we're going to be answering, uh, he's going to be answering some emails with us. We're going to find out uh, whether his parents know or care about his YouTube channel. We're going to find out all kinds of cool stuff from John Riggs. Uh, What an easy interview. You just set him on auto and you just got to leave the room. He just goes. Guy's the best. Did you know that during her various tomb raids, Laura Croft often contracts the services of a perverted Sherpa named Greg? Did you know that Gordon Freeman actually does talk? And once you hear his voice, you'll realize why the Half-Life game developers refuse to write any lines for him. 
Video games aren't always great at telling compelling stories. That's where the podcast Tales of the Lesser Medium comes in. Each season, me and my co-host Travis, we drive you through gaming's most absurd narratives, picking up every rejected character and hitting every plot hole along the way. Search Tales of the Lesser Medium on your podcast app of choice and get ready to laugh at your favorite video games with me, Travis, Greg the Pervert, Annoying Gordon Freeman, Barry, the Resident Evil Gun Dumper, and so many more wacky characters. Tales of the Lesser Medium. It's funny. All right, we're here with our guest back again. Second time on the show. John Riggs. John, how you doing? Thanks for stopping by. Man, I'm feeling well. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me back. Uh, the first time around was such a pleasurable experience. Uh, the messages, the emails wouldn't stop coming in saying, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? When are you coming back? And, I mean, with a name like Drunk Friend, it's like my two favorite things in the world. So I had to, mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to make yeah, a man. U-turn next time I was in the area. <laughs> right on. We really appreciate you taking the time. Sure, sure. My pleasure. For sure. And uh, you you mentioned to us, it's a little off air. I'm going to have to air this out a little bit. You're having a oh. bit of a tough time with an open cart surgery over there. Now, <laughs> yeah. I know most of the time you can get in them before you find out there's something wrong. Maybe it doesn't boot. There's something going on with the with the mm. chipset or something. But have sure. you? how many times has it happened where you just can't even get in the gosh dang thing? You know, it's happened, let's see, not very often. Only um, Only once or twice has the screw been stripped. For some reason, and it's not your typical. I mean, for the the earlier NES games, yes, it uses kind of just you just have to have a jeweler's screwdriver, you know, maybe like a little uh, Phillips or um, or even a flathead sometimes, uh, depending on what you have. Yeah. Anyway, um, but then later when they started doing the uh, the three point eight uh, security bits or game bits or whatever, um, you know, it, which is fine and and usually not a problem at all. Sometimes they've been stripped. Sometimes even basically broken off or something like that, which is fine because at the end of the day, it's like especially when it's a game like TNC Surf Design. Oh, uh, you know, whatever. It's fine. It's just, but this one's not TNC surf design and it won't open up and I'm trying to get it to open. And yeah, for some reason I can get this, I can get the screwdriver in there to where it is. I can twist and turn all I want, you know, righty tighty lefty loosey. And it is not, um, it's, it's, it's not budging at all. And I can, you can kind of, you know, you can kind of peel it open a little bit, not, not peel it open, but you know, you can kind of like give it a little mm-hmm. stress test and it's, so it's not like it's crazy glued or anything like that. Um, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure, but I trust the source of where this game came from. So I know it's legit, but I still, for the purpose of seeing it with my own oculars, um, <laughs> still got to open it up and still, still just got to, you know, see it for myself and you really give it, give it the, the deep clean more than I can do with just, you know, the, you know, from what I can see on the surface anyway, from uh, what, what yeah. pins are sticking out. Are you purposefully being coy about the uh, the title of this game? Are you keeping that keeping that close to the vest for any, any good reason? It no, seems no, like no, it no. might be a special one. Okay. No, I mean it's I mean it's okay. It's just uh, it's a uh, Flintstone surprise at Dinosaur Peak. Whoa! That's what. But the problem is I can't get into it. I, I, I can't yeah, open it. That is a problem. <laughs> so, yeah. that is a problem. So when I so when it comes around now, I'm I'm not keeping this. I'm not holding on to it. Yes, I have it now. Um, I per- I purchased a lot. From again a trusted source, um, mm-hmm. and they showed me the circuit board. Here's like here's a bunch of games, but the higher end games. There's a couple of them. There's a Rescue Rangers too. There was a like a Darkwing Duck. You know, they showed me a few of them. Where I was like, I I trust you, I get it. Um, but they're like, no no no, we, we want we want you to see them. So I saw them, and now that I have them, um, I'm not able to open this one up. The other ones I can open up just fine. It's no big deal. Um, but of course it has hmm. to be. You know it's you know if it, was- it has to be the. 
the Flintstones game that like is a top five get for NES. Yeah. If it was Deadly Towers, especially, I wouldn't care, right? I'd be like, I'm, I'm sure nobody's bootlegging Deadly Towers anytime soon. But for something like this, um, and again, I mean, because hey, you know, the best way to spot yeah. a fake is to know how to make a fake, and I've made fake, you know, Flintstones too in the past. But just because I want to see it, I have a friend of mine who's going for a complete set, and this is one of those, you know, one of those last games he needs. Um, and sure. again, like I, I got the set just, you know, just as a, oh, you know, he, he found it. Um, I mean, this, the, the quick story is um, it was a friend of a friend. Um, his friend uh, found all his old games in his grandma's attic. And he was like, oh, hey, I found all my old games. And, and and he knew what he had. So it wasn't like this, like, oh, five bucks for everything. Yeah. He knew what he had. I gave him a great deal on it. And um, and when they came in, um, you know, they, they played great. Nothing wrong there. And and looks great to me and everything. But then, um, you know, I knew my friend was looking for this one. So the good news is, you know, I can, you know, I can rescue it from the attic. I can pass it along to my friend who's um, who's going for that complete set. This one a little bit harder to find. It's not. Is it rare? Well, I mean, it's kind of like little Samson. Does it go for a lot of money? Well, sure. But if you wanted one, you could buy one just right now on eBay. But uh, yeah, it's not like you have to go looking for it. Right. It's, it's there. It's there if you have the money for it. Um, you know, but yeah, this one here, you know, we we could work out a deal or a trade or something like that. And, um, but I just, I want to show you, I, you know, I, I want to be able to show him like, yes, this is, here's the thing I have in my hands and here's what it looks like on the inside. And, you know, there's no wires sticking out, you know, it's not like a repro and it's not like some <laughs> weird flashboard. I can do that too, you know? <laughs> so, so that's been, um, that's, this has been the bane of my, uh, this has been the bane of my, uh, um, open cart surgeryness for the last uh, last couple hours trying to open this thing. <laughs> well, speaking of cleaning carts, uh, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the one-up cards uh, that are emblazoned with the John Riggs logo. Great. Your face is all over these things, and it's awesome. Uh, I uh, saw this these. I had to have them. And they were because I was lucky enough to travel to Seattle a few months ago. I was lucky enough to visit Pink Gorilla picked up some stuff there nice and of course as as it as as uh it goes with used games you want to clean the hell out of them before you put them in your your consoles right. so and but i i hadn't done that yet i was almost afraid to one of the games is super adventure island 2 and oh, that's been on my wish list for for years and years uh but now i've got the uh the one-up cards i've got the um i don't know how to say it properly uh i said uh, yeah, I guess sure. that's how you ISP. say it. Drev. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it comes with that, and it comes with three cards. One, and you wet one side and dry with the other. It's just like the old uh, stuff they used to sell that came with the systems uh, back in the day, and they work awesome. Uh, I wouldn't be going all salesman with this if they didn't work great, <laughs> but they work great. Uh, and, and I really highly recommend getting, uh, the, these one-up cards cause they're so thorough. <laughs> you were recently at the Southeast game exchange. What was that like? Uh, we had a guest that was, uh, there, uh, recently, uh, it was NES complex. Oh, yeah. Was the fellow that was there. I love Chris. I don't know if his name's public. But oh, they're, they're yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We refer to him as Chris. Good guy. Yeah. He's on, he was on just last week, said he was heading down there and you're, you're probably the two tallest guys in the, in the hobby. So, I mean, surely you're easy, easily able to spot each other, but how was that down there? You know, it's fantastic. It's, um, I, I live on the desert side of Washington state. You think of Washington, you think of Seattle rain. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm on the East side of, of the, uh, the Cascade mountain range mm. that splits it in half. So, 
Um, so it gets warm here. Uh, however, uh, in the south, you also have to deal with the humidity, and I will never get used to humidity. Um, for me, it's like like yeah, it's like it's ninety five outside right now where I live. Um, but it's the difference between like opening the oven to opening like a dishwasher. When it comes to that, yeah. when it comes to that, that's a great comparison. Um, so if you're not used to humidity, <laughs> which perfect. I'm not, and well, and you know, and I'll be at Game On Expo later on this year too. That's also in Arizona. It's also going to be hot, you know, 100 degrees. Last time I was there was 110 degrees, but it's that dry desert heat that I'm used to. Stay hydrated, but yes. you know, but I'm used to it. Um, it's a great time. It was my second time there, and it takes a full day of flying. Um, it was I had to wake up my local airport. Which I use for almost everything. By my local airport, its only sole purpose is to fly to Seattle and back. But from Seattle, I can catch a connecting flight to anywhere. This one wouldn't connect there with uh, with the partners I use for my flights. So I had to wake up at 2 a.m. Mm. to drive an hour and a half oh, no. to a nearby town and then take three flights uh, to get there. But I wouldn't have done that if it wasn't worth Jesus. it. And it was such a great convention. Yeah. And it's always just fun to hang out and, um, you know, not just, you know, meet people and, uh, you know, have people shower me with their glowing reviews on my YouTube channel or anything like that. It's never, <laughs> it's never about that. Uh, but it's, it's a great way. To- you get, you must get recognized a ton. I imagine, you know, um, not as much as metal Jesus. Cause he was there too. And he's also, solid. I was just going to say like, it must be metal and not, not quite metal Jesus, uh, <laughs> levels of recognition, but still you're, right. you're a tall guy and right. you've, you've got your, your, uh, You've got a great sense of branding. I'll, I'll say you've you've got those cool hats. You had that Zelda hat on in in a recent video that I was like, dude, get me one of those. Like, where do I get, it yeah. looks freaking cool as hell? But yeah, you must get recognized like all. I mean, well, and um, well, getting recognized it makes more sense at conventions because of course I would be there. Um, there have been a couple of times yeah, yeah. where. I would like uh, it was the it was Korgs, which is the Columbus, Ohio Retro Gaming Society Expo. Um, I was there earlier this year, wow. and there was somebody who was there shopping for games, as as I was too. And he kind of looks at me, and he goes back to looking at games. Kind of gives me a side <laughs> eye, goes back to looking for games. And he kind of like, you look like um, he's like you look a lot like that John Riggs guy. And I was like, well, I hope so because I am that John Riggs guy. <laughs> you know, I was there. Uh, you know, so you know, it makes more sense being in the in the realm of video games out in the public. Not as much. I mean, a little bit here and there. I mean, honestly, not nearly as much as I mean, as you would imagine. You know, going to the grocery store or something like that. I'm just that tall dude who goes to the grocery store. You know, I'm always you know like, oh, here's this guy buying another six pack and a you know frozen buffalo wings or whatever. Uh, you know, but <laughs> so was, you know, but you know, um, I was in I was in Seattle recently or. Next to Seattle, there's a town of Bellevue, and I was at Dave and Buster's there, and I got recognized there for my YouTube channel. It's like, well, it kind of makes sense because it's a video game thing. So, it's, you know, of course I'm playing video right. games. Yeah. You know, it's what I'm doing. Um, but then at video game conventions, yes, you know, you know sure, I'll, I'll get recognized, you know, because people are there because I'm on the guest list or I'm on, I might be on the poster. or um, But I always, I always get that. I always get that. Wow, you're a lot taller than I imagined because I'm always sitting down in my videos. <laughs> so, yeah, and speaking of... Uh, you know your channel and your stuff and all that all the all that good stuff uh you've been doing you've been killing it lately Thank you. um it's been a great mix of v- nice older stuff along with uh your typical open cart surgery stuff and games like shredder's revenge which I was very happy to see that it met your approval because that means it's a good game. Uh, I freaking love that game. In fact, I organized like a meetup with uh, not a meet in person meetup, but just like okay, let's get everybody in in this Discord on on one page so we can all play six player. Nice. 
uh, Shredder's Revenge. I cannot wait. It's coming this Saturday. I can't wait. You've also you just did the a video on the Sega uh, Mega can't talk Mega Drive Mini Two. Can you expound a little bit on your thoughts on the the that was just announced for North America? I think it was. So what what are some of the games that are going to be on that? Well, it's interesting because when they first announced it a couple of weeks, I, I say a couple of weeks ago, it may have been a month ago by now, um, or if not, just under a month <laughs> ago. But yeah, they announced the Mega Drive Mini 2, which is yeah. you know the sequel to the, the Mega Drive Mini. Or you know, We had the Genesis Mini, didn't get the most rave reviews. I thought it was okay. Um, but you know, for what it was, it, it's fine. It's a mini system. I'll take it. Um, when they announced the uh, Mega Drive Mini 2, I was like, oh, this is interesting because it's going to be based on the, the Model 2, which, um, I mean, the first the first model of Sega Genesis, of course, is classic. It has like, yes. the volume knob. You can actually plug in your headphones and all that. Loved that. Uh, but I certainly got more play out of my Model 2. It, it, it just seemed more stable, I guess. Um, and then it was interesting they announced that, but they had no, they, they didn't announce anything about the U.S. version. Um, you know, not that I know someone yeah. at Sega, but I know someone at Sega. So I reached out and was like, is there, I mean, I, if it's under embargo, that's fine, but is there any chance of this? And then he was like, I don't even know. Um, what I have to assume, wow. this is probably, this is probably completely, and maybe he knew and just was lying to me. Um, I also respect, you know, like I have a couple of friends who work at Nintendo and I respect the fact that they work at Nintendo enough that I'm not asking questions. I'm just like, come on, man. Where's, you know, where's my Nintendo? It's just like a guy. Me? Yeah. Cause no. you know, it, it's, it's under- <laughs> you're not, you're not the crazy. You're not the dad that works at Squaresoft that knows secret characters in Final Fantasy VI or whatever. You know, I don't want yeah. don't want anyone to lose their job over just telling me about something. Um, right. Yeah. You know, and I'm you know, I'm totally cool with that. But when they announced it and, um, and and talked about a few of the games that were coming out, including Sega CD games, I was immediately interested because I loved the Sega CD. Yeah. And and that's, yes. and that's good news for me. And then they announced another, um, just like with the the Genesis Mini when it came out originally, they didn't announce all games all at once. It was like you know, here's ten here. Here's 10 more, here's 10 more, kind of leading up to the launch date. And then they just kind of like shadow drop the announcement of like, oh, and it's coming out to the uh, United States. What I have to think happened, and it may or be, I may be completely off, is they had no intention on bringing it out in the United States. However, once they saw um, how everyone was excited for it, they were like, well, you know, if we can sell a few of them, you know, why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we do that? The interesting thing is they're selling the U.S. version through Japan but you can order it through the American. Um, you can order it through the American Amazon site. So when you order it through Amazon, you still have to pay for shipping because it's being shipped from Japan. So I wonder if Sega of USA had they, they didn't want to have anything to do with it. I don't exactly know. But I do like that's it. just screams classic Sega to me. Like let's make this as convoluted as possible <laughs> and make it as, as difficult to deal with for everybody. Just, you know, we have the best ideas. Sega's always had the best ideas. I think so. They have so many, except for the 32X. I think the 32X was a freaking disaster, but (laughs) Sega CD and the Genesis and all that stuff and so many games and treasure and all that great stuff. But yeah, here here comes Sega plodding along with their freaking terrible idea to how they're going to roll this out. And, you know, snap decisions like, let's make this just in Japan, but wait, not not yet. Let's let's do it in the U.S., but wait, let's do it like this, but wait, so bad. It's just classic Sega, but I'm disappointed in there's no Snatcher on the game list yet, and I'm guessing that's because it's a Konami thing, and it's uh, Kojima. Uh, it's one of those, like, old, rare games that uh, everybody wants, uh, but... The Sega CD stuff that's on there so far, I mean, Sonic CD is low-key one of the best 
Sonic games. I will go to my grave saying that. Uh, <laughs> it, it's weird. Uh, it's it's goofy. It's got the weird time travel thing. Right. But the thing is, is that assuming this has uh, th- this new Mega Drive Mini is going to have save states, that is the absolute perfect way to play Sonic CD because then you can just like do your time travel nonsense and then go back. If you don't like where you are, just go back. All right. And 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 just do it again. Do it someplace else. <laughs> that way you're able to see the whole game, as much of the game as possible. And I love stuff like that. So the more of that, the better. Um, have you? Heard, do you have any other opinions about like any other games you're excited about for that or anything like that? You know, I, I do. I I still hope they announce um, Snatcher for the Sega CD. Yeah, I'm, I I really hope they do. I mean, if they do, great. If they don't, you know, I mean, well, I mean, and I could talk about that later on too. Um, the, you know, the games they've announced so far have been fine, and there are some differences between the Mega Drive uh, Mini Two and the Genesis Mini Two. Um, a couple of the games on the list are, I mean, there's a couple of import games that we wouldn't know anything about, like um, uh, Nadia: Secret of Blue Water. Um, never came out translated officially, so I mean, to release that on the U.S. version. It's like the TurboGrafx-16 Mini, where it's like, hey, here's the Japanese version, but keep in mind, it's all in Japanese. It can do you a whole lot of good trying to play this yep, game. Yep. Um, and then interesting, too, I mean, I don't know if it's a working designs thing or what it is, uh, but Popful Mail was announced for the Japanese version, but not announced for the U.S. version Ooh. yet. So the U.S. What? version is not having, it's not on the official list yet. I'm hoping it is, because that, I mean, that game alone would sell the system, I would think. Yes, for people who absolutely. It's majorly in demand and that was a working designs game if i remember it is, correctly it's working design yeah, uh, yeah so that, that they'd be stupid not to have that on there that's uh sega <laughs> why must you torment us it's so ridiculous you know but other games on there you know like that like shining force cd great to have that on there i mean even just some yes. of the other genesis mm. games too like the ooze a little bit obscure like kind of weird game you know got to have that you know the weird genesis games that would never be on a you know like on any you yeah know, back in the right. day um I, I'm, the ooze is a classic perfect example of that too because it's such a 90s of course like yeah, the the '90s were very slime. <laughs> they were. Yeah, <laughs> you had Nickelodeon Gak. You had Double Dare. You had. It's just everything was based on not everything, but you know th- there were so many things based on just slime and that neon green color and Toxic Avenger and mm. that sort of stuff. And the ooze is is a pretty big part of that. Yeah, it's cool to see that they are releasing a couple of games like uh, the Ninja Warrior as well as. Uh, Night Strikers, which were only available in Japan on the Mega CD, which um, but, yes. but they were already translated. There, I mean, if you play them in Japan, they're already in English. So you know, perfect, perfect. You know, nothing wrong there. Um, I mean, of course, I mean, everyone's had a laundry list of the games they would love to see. I mean, I'd love to, I'd love to see Lunar Silver Star Story, the Sega CD version. A lot of people played it for the first time on the PlayStation One. I played it first on the Sega CD. I have more nostalgic for that one, you know. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. a lot of other games too. I don't, I don't know if EA is involved, but I'd love to see um, Haunting starring Poltergeist, another kind of crazy, weird, creepy, you know, oh, yeah. game <laughs> with ooze involved and everything. You know, uh, there's a lot of. I, mean, I have yeah. a lot of love for this. Um, I have a lot of love for Sega Genesis um, and the Sega CD both. So um, all I can do is just kind of hope to wait. And I love the fact that they're including like the three mystery titles. Like, oh, here's Fantasy Zone, as if it was on the Sega Genesis. Genesis was ever released, but we'll put it on there. Um, and same with uh, what was that game called? Uh, Star Mobile, that um, that puzzle game where you have to like weigh out the stars based on whatever, and it's a puzzle game. Um, it came out for the PC Engine, but never came out 
for the Sega Genesis. So it's like as if you know, I don't know if it was a oh. prototype or what it is. Um, so a couple, a couple of that games that never came really out. Really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I had a, yeah. I had a lot of fun playing it on the PC Engine. Um, it's just a, it's a simple style puzzle game um, that uses like like scales to balance, but then you have to put one thing on one side and one thing on another side, and different things weigh a different amount. And if you overweight one side, it'll all fall out, and you have to start all over again. And um, I mean, it's, things like that. It's, it's cool to see you know what they may or may not come out with. I would love it. It will never happen in a million years. Also say that right now but just in case it does it's an exclusive um it would be cool <laughs> sega's always been cool about hacks you know nintendo you know they have someone they like, have, oh, here's yeah. here's a um, here's a fan-made metroid and then nintendo knocks on their door saying nah, no you're not gonna do that thank you you're, that's down. yeah they, they knock on your door like within the hour oh, easy. like they are right there in your face like <laughs> punching you with you know <laughs> serving you a subpoena with you know, it's just stupid uh but um, but genesis i mean they literally have um sonic hacking competitions sponsored by sega and I think it would be wonderful if they included one of the, at least one of like the Sonic the Hedgehog hacks that somebody has made. That is an amazing idea. I've never heard of that before. They actually have like Sega sponsored. Yeah, or at least that's maybe awesome. not sponsored, but at least Sega endorsed. They know what they're well, doing. Well, not sponsored, endorsed. Yeah, but yeah. but they. That's probably a better um, way of putting. You know, and but it's all good. And they say, hey, it's coming up again, and Sega will announce it and everything. And it's like, hey, you know, we're looking for the, you know the best. Damn. Um, and, and I don't know if it's because they're secretly poaching for uh, you know, for new developers to say like, hey, that game was so good, you want to come work for us? You know. That's- that's a good it's kind of where um, I want to say that's kind of where Sonic Mania came from. Where it's like, oh, here's a Sonic hack, and then they said, hey, that's you know, right. do you want to make one of those for real? <laughs> make us a lot of money, and then Sonic Mania that's right. you know, took the world by storm, and there you go. Um, that's a really good point. One thing I wanted to pick your brain about, though, real quick: uh, some of your most popular videos on your channel have to do with your ongoing saga of you switching from PlayStation to Xbox. Right. So I, I wanted to kind of take your temperature. I know you're a big series uh, S guy. Right. Is it S or yeah, it's the which S. one is? Yeah, S is it's the digital. The so yeah, the 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 digital one. And and you and you you've thrown nothing but praise on Game Pass. Where are you in that s- scenario right now? Are you still a big Xbox guy? Like where where? I just want to take your temperature on that, on what's going on there. No, I still. Um where was it going with that? Um, <laughs> I, I I still have one. I haven't turned on my Xbox in a few weeks. Um, admittedly, only because oh, okay. I've been playing. I've been playing other stuff on the Switch and stuff like that. And I go in phases. You know, it's like oh, I'm going to play this. I'm a huge VR gamer, so I, I was playing something recently on the Oculus uh, Two for a while, and then uh, oh. or the, the 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 Quest Two. I guess it's Meta now. Um, but yeah, I'll play something on the on the Quest Two for a while. Then I play something on the Switch, and on you know, then I'll turn around and I'll play something on the um, you know on the. Uh, on the Xbox Series S via Game Pass. And, you know, that's the other thing, too, is like, so many people is like, oh, you know, you got this, you know, you're a collector, you have all these games. It's like, I don't really consider myself a collector. I have a collection, but I just buy the games I want to play. And especially having children, and I love the mm-hmm. convenience of it's all in one place. Um, something like the yeah. Xbox Series S, even if I had an X, which would be great, I, w- I wouldn't decline. Um, I still wouldn't buy any physical games. I mean, if unless they were cheap or used, I found them in a, whatever the case is. And sure, maybe, but so many of the games I want to play are these kind of five dollar indie titles, and I play more of those than anything. And so many of them are already on Game Pass, you know, or I can you know download them again if they're available Sweet. for download. You know, I still may grab them just for the Switch because I do more. That, that's my travel system of choice. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Xbox Series S because all you need is that plus Game Pass, and all of the yeah. so many of the Xbox exclusive games I want to play are day one on Game Pass, so it's perfect for me. 
Sweet. Yeah, that sounds great. So obviously you've dug deep here in the in the old Xbox, but uh, PS5's over there probably staring at you from a, across the room, you know, or <laughs> what about me? <laughs> but I mean, have you seen any games for that that you really want to play and haven't yet? I mean, is there anything enticing you over on the other side of the fence? You know, I mean, I do have a PlayStation 5, and we use it daily as our, um, more than anything, as our streaming service. My kids use it to watch YouTube. I use it to watch, and then we use it, that's what the one we use for our Netflix, our, um, all, all the other streaming services we have. I mean, we have, again, I have children, so we, you know, we, we cut cable to save money, and now we have Netflix, Hulu, Amazon <laughs> yes. Prime, Disney Plus, Paramount, you know, all these other yep. conditions and everything. Um, so we still use it daily as our primary uh, viewing selection, and I have a couple of games on there as well. Um, but as far as like new games go, I mean, again, a lot of the games that are coming out, well, I don't know. It's it's I, I'm either playing them on the um, on Switch just because it's portable and I can take it with me when mm-hmm. I'm traveling, um, or on the PlayStation. As far as like, let me look at PlayStation. Well, it's funny. I recently um, <laughs> through the Whatnot app, um, I recently won a a PlayStation Five lot of games. I was like, oh, cool! I haven't played any of these yet. And there's this still sitting on a stack in, <laughs> in, the, in the book yeah, that came in. That's just kind of how it goes, though. It's 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 pretty it's pretty interesting how it's it's almost like everything's reading a reaching a bit of a saturation point. There's just too much stuff. It's like, man, just give me a second. I need to breathe. Like, let me enjoy something for a second. There always will be. Um, I mean, some of the games I did play on the PlayStation. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I, I, I opted for um, for Sackboy's uh, you know, Big Adventure. On the PlayStation Five, um, my one of my favorite my favorite PlayStation Five so far is that free Astrobot basically tech demo that it comes with. It comes built with it and is free. And so far, that's kind of been my favorite thing too. But you talk about games like Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I mean, that's kind of fun to watch. And you know, we're just looking forward to seeing what else comes out. I am super excited, and it's everything else is going to take a back seat when the PlayStation VR two comes out because I already have my PlayStation 5, and it's going to be ready to roll. And again, I'm a huge VR gamer, so uh, when PlayStation VR 2 comes out, I'm going to be all in on that for sure. Right on. Yeah, you've talked that up on your channel a whole bunch. Is there a go-to like VR game that uh, you would recommend to somebody that's not familiar with VR gaming that you would say, like, hey, you got to check this out? You know, my favorite, um, and it's available on every platform, whether it be PlayStation VR. I played it first on PSVR. It's on... uh, you know, uh, PC VR. If, you, if, if all you're using is you know something that's connected to the PlayStation or not the PlayStation, sorry, the uh, like your computer. Um, it's available on mm-hmm. Quest Two as well. Whatever Quest you have, um, but the game Super Hot is amazing. Oh yes, because it will get you. I mean, I've seen that. I feel you. I always want to tell people like at least experience it before you buy it or not, because there are some people who purchase it and then they realize, oh, I have motion sickness. I can't do this. Um, <laughs> and, and there are several experiences that you should not have that. You know, of, of course, if you're playing Wipeout for the PlayStation VR, and you're zipped around all over the place. Well, maybe, you know, n- maybe not the best example to start with something like that. Um, you know, but something like Wipe, uh, something like um uh, super hot, where you know you, everything moves at your own time. Um, you're standing in one place. You're not moving around. You're just standing there and then interacting with what's around you. Um, something like that, or maybe something like Job Simulator is a great kind of like again. You're standing there. You're not moving forward or anything. You're just kind of pivoting around and looking around, interacting with items around you. Uh, that's a great way to start with VR for sure. Before you learn, um, or maybe not learn is not the right word, but before you. You know, take take your first virtual step to see how you act 
you yeah. know, if you, if you want to walk forward, and a lot of games, it's like, hey, if, if walking is too much for you, because just that motion uh, might just do you in, um, you know, you can at least teleport. So you're in one place, and then it's like, okay, I want to go over here. Then you teleport to where you want to be next. Um, there's a lot of games that offer, uh, you know, both uh, both offers. It doesn't bother me. Um, there's only one game that has ever made me motion sickness in a VR game, which was uh, Doom 3 on VR. And it just, it just, the speed of it alone, it was the first time where I finally said, okay, now I get it. Now I understand why. Because <laughs> That just yes. sounds like a bad idea. Like, Doom 3 already was, it was just, you know, it so it's, it's so dark and there's... There's nothing. Yeah, it's it's so fast. It's so dark. There's so many jump scares. Right. <laughs> like, why would this be better in virtual reality? Yeah. Like, like, there's this. This is a bad idea. I, like, don't. I'm not surprised that that was kind of a dud. I don't mind the jump scares so much, but other games. I mean, like like you know, Wipeout, where you're zipping around corners. I mean, even um, that Ace Combat or Air Combat that came out not too long ago that has. Yeah. When you're flying around and you're doing barrel rolls and backspins and um, none of that bothered me at all. None of it bothered me at all. You've always been a big uh, VR proponent uh, as, for as long as I can remember following your channel. I mean, that I was looking up like like Superhot's been a thing for a long time now, hasn't it? And I looked it up and it's, it's a game that came out at the end of 2016. Yes. And it's like, damn, yeah. like, okay, I need to get on this VR thing <laughs> like quickly because uh, I'm going to get left behind. But... Um, we wanted to run a couple emails from you, uh, or from you, a couple emails by you. Okay. Uh, we've got uh, a guy by the name of John Allen Riggs. Oh. And he has to go by John Allen Riggs because you have commandeered the name John Riggs. I'm sorry. And uh, so we... we <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're gonna go rigs on rigs here okay. he starts with uh, the email uh witness the power of steam dear drunk friend podcast here's a list of cur- game nine games currently on steam and one which is not guess which one of these 10 games is not available on steam i hope this challenges you big time so i'm gonna read nine titles and of indie games on steam and you have to guess which one is not a real game. Oh my! I'm gonna I'm gonna fail this one miserably. I mean, even my even, <laughs> even my game, yeah, yeah, Beavis Two is on Steam. So it's like if that's the, <laughs> if that's not the worst of it, I'm I'm okay. Go for it. Whatever you're ready. Oh, by the way, I, I bought that on NES, so I, I actually I do have that. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yes, that's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so number one, uh, here, this is the first one. Okay. Let's let's just go one by one and see if this is real or not. Uh, Bear in mind, only one of these are fake. Okay. Number one, The Journey, episode one, whatever this is. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's what it's called. It's the whatever this is. <laughs> I love it. it. I, I, I feel like with the episode one, that makes me feel like it's a it's a real game. That'd be, like, that's a it step, is a real game. A step too far. It's too specific, I think. So, yeah, that's yeah, my vote. So. so, number two, Bear Vodka Stalingrad. Oh, I love it already. Real or not? I, I think that game is. I, I would hope to pray that that game is real because I want to play it now. <laughs> you are correct. It is real. Nice. Okay. Suits, a business RPG. A business RPG like, called Suits? Like you're wearing like a business suit kind of thing? Yes. Yes. Oh. Mm. That would be. That's got to be dull. I mean, what kind of. What kind of. Yeah. What kind of RPG would involve wearing business? It's like suit? Wall Street Kid. Like, what was that? You know, weird. <laughs> I could never get into that that's game either. I, I do have a friend who I have a friend who unironically likes that game, mm. um, Wall Street Kid. But I mean, <laughs> I, I've seen weirder. I want to say it's real. Yeah, 
I you are correct. It is real. Oh my god! Seriously, I gotta, I'm gonna have to look these up now. That's too funny. I'm just too gonna funny. jump around on this list here, Trav. By the way, oh, uh, here we've got uh, Princess Farmer. That feels right. <laughs> princess Farmer. I mean, a lot of princesses are farmers, aren't they? I mean, no, like they're farmers of the princess anyway. Hmm. Uh, I feel like I'm gonna that would say be like a 3DS I'm, game. I'm gonna say it's not real. It's fake. Oh. oh. It is real. It is a real wow. game on Steam. Okay. What about... Okay, here's the next one. Heartache 101, Sour into Sweet. Now, that sounds like a dating simulator, for sure. I say that's real. the one that's fake. That's oh, the fake are you one. serious? Oh. <laughs> wow. It, it does sound like... That sounds so real. Yeah, it does totally sound like some like anime dating sim. Oh, there's so many shots of, of yeah. Oh, there's thousands. Yeah, on but the yeah, Switch some alone. of the other some of the other ones that uh, uh, John Allen Riggs came up with were I commissioned some bees. That's a real game. Okay. Chess brain, dark troops. That's that's apparently a real game. Wow. And we also have yet another zombie defense HD as opposed to standard definition yeah i i have heard yet another zombie defense so uh, oh okay not the, I should but have not read the that hd one. version not the hd version so there you <laughs> go mm, there you go again yeah like there's also one called everybody wham wham <laughs> that sounds fun and another one that's peculiar tales of mid lake pavilion which sounds a bit like a walking simulator that i would probably enjoy Okay. That, that, that does sound cool actually yeah. it does yeah but everybody wham wham just makes me think of wang chung Exactly. Yes. Like everybody, Wang Chung tonight. Like, nah, I'd rather not. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather not do any. I Wang Chung last night. What are you doing? <laughs> Spent all morning way ch- Wang Chugging. I can't Wang Chung tonight. Jeez. <laughs> right. Got work tomorrow morning. That's right. <laughs> we have uh, another email here. Trav, you want to take this one? Sure, yeah, this comes from our pal Top Spot. It's titled, I'm Living a Lie and I Need Your Help. All right, here we go. We're going to get in your therapist chair. We're ready to go. He says, hello, fellas, and happy holidays, um, which could be any holiday around here. Any holiday, any time. Dads and grads. Okay, here we go. Yeah, we read emails months (laughs) months too late, so happy holidays is always fitting. Happy holidays. Happy birthday. Yeah, if if you have one. Uh, Top Spot continues. He says, I have a very personal problem, and I can't think of anyone better to bring it. Uh, bring it to than two strangers on the internet who call themselves my drunk friends. For many years now, I've been carrying a dark secret that I've been hiding from my friends and most shamefully, even from my parents. They are loving and supportive, but they are old fashioned and I'm sure they just wouldn't understand. I'm living a dual life and feeling guilty about keeping the truth hidden. How do I break the news that I'm secretly a YouTuber? When I first started making videos, it was easy to keep them to myself. Content creation, especially early on, is a very awkward thing, and I just didn't seek the embarrassment of sharing them with people I know in real life. I wouldn't even let my wife watch them for the first year or two, but now it's a years-long secret, and I'm growing more guilty about keeping everyone else in the dark. There is the problem of my videos serving a deep niche, uh, deep niche interest, and frankly, I don't think they would translate to people like my parents. I imagine my mom giving a very Marge Simpson-esque, I just think they're neat, 
while my dad will ask how much it pays and if I can translate this skill into working for Hollywood. (laughs) I've been a self-sufficient, grown-ass man for over 20 years, but no matter my age, there will always be something about parental approval and seeking their pride that's just tough to wrestle with. I feel like this is a relatable position, so please tell me, as two, and I will say three here because John Riggs is here, as two prodigious content creators, do you have any advice for me? How do you handle your online lives in relation to your friends, family, and coworkers? Thanks for all the help. Top. Oh, boy. That's a uh, weighs heavy on a lot of us, doesn't it? <laughs> it certainly does. It certainly does. Um, I mean, Alex, I know that uh, you've often stated that uh, people you work with, even if they know, they don't seem to care. So that kind of makes you not really care to <laughs> share it, right? So you're kind of least, yeah. security by disinterest. Yeah, it's um I make it a point to not tell anybody I work with uh mostly because I have this kind of deep-seated fear that it's my boss is going to find out and he's going to think that it's going to inevitably interfere with my job and then I'll get fired or something like that. Sure, like that's that that's that's always my fear is like if wait a second, we need to go to HR. Well, you've got how many subscribers? <laughs> You're doing what? It's just like no, this is a completely separate thing. I don't want it to become a thing. I don't even want to get to like the introductory step to that. I I just want to like do my thing. And to, to be fair, where I work has been awesome. My boss has been awesome. Nobody knows what I do except for the person that hired me. She's she, <laughs> she's a, a few years older than me, and she she has uh she. she is very much a Marge Simpson type. That's I just think they're neat, like same <laughs> right. same energy there. So she, nice. that's just how she is. So I'm okay telling her because <laughs> she's not gonna not gonna totally get it. But um, uh, as far as like friends, I, I I'll say this: I don't bring it up voluntarily. I don't go around going like, "Hey, check out my YouTube channel. Here's my business card," or like anything like that. I've never been like that ever. Um. Uh, but as far as like family and stuff like that, uh, it's, uh, my nephew and my niece, uh, they're, I think they are, oh, they just turned actually, uh, 15 and 13 respectively. Uh, they love the fact that I am a quote unquote YouTube person, unquote. That's what they call me. And they, 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 that's what they like want to grow up to be. And I'm like, you don't want, no, don't do that. Like do actually, that's actually something useful in the world. <laughs> not, like, <laughs> not like just talking about games that people stopped caring about 30 years ago. Um, but yeah, it's for them to like actually kind of like find some interest in it is, you know, that's my connection with them. That's a talking point and it's it's really a, a freaking cool feeling because you know i'm i'm the uncle way out in the southwest that you know i i don't really have a lot to talk about or a lot to relate to to those kids so being able to have that and talk to them about that is really special to me <laughs> uh top spot specifically mentions his parents and what's really funny <laughs> is that uh my uh my girlfriend uh has very like old world parents like she uh, i've been with pearl for over 10 years so i know her her parents really well her mom is like the type that just watches i love lucy 
uh, <laughs> you know, Gomer Pyle sure. and just that, that, that's what she loves. Uh, sure. But what she does, once she found out that she could uh, put my channel on her TV, she would just put it. She says she would just put it on and let the commercials run. So I get the ad revenue. And she's like, I do this. Every, I do this every day. I've done it every day for years and years. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're the best. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I it's, she's the best um, as opposed to. So I had no problem telling them that they don't even understand what like a Super Nintendo is, what retro gaming is, what any of it is. Uh, as opposed whereas my parents i guess it's just like my dad doesn't give a shit like my dad's got (laughs) stuff to do like he he's he's out there grilling steaks and you know trying new beers and doing his own thing like he's got his own life whereas my mom is kind of the same thing she she's a seamstress she makes clothes and she she's been retired now for a couple years and she just like has her own little creative life that she does I guess that's what I where I'm coming from with with this is like your parents are their own people like <laughs> they're they're proud of you and they're you know you're their product I guess I, I don't know I'm not a parent John you're a parent you get it more than I me am. but at the same yeah. at the same time it's like they're their own people they can do their own things like if they like it they like it if they don't they don't like I don't see any instance of like where i need to justify anything to them at this point especially i'm 40 at this point so it's just they they can like it they cannot it can exist without them knowing it doesn't matter they're their own people they're doing their own thing so i don't know that was a bit of a rant there sorry about that but <laughs> what do you think john I think I want to hang out with your dad if he's trying new beers and grilling steaks. And stuff. <laughs> That's yeah, it. dude. My dad's an awesome dude. Tell yeah. your dad to get a YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm um, I'm a little bit in the same boat as you. I never told any. I never went out of my way to tell my coworkers that when I started a YouTube channel because I start. I mean, I'm still in the same company I've been with. I've been. Um, I've been. I'm. I'm a radio DJ as my day job, and it's not uncommon for radio DJs to have you know, like side hustles, you know, many of them are also like, yeah, club, many of them are club DJs, but you know, I have a coworker who is a professional licensed magician. I have another one who does, um, you know, just whatever they do, like MC events and stuff like that on the side. It's just another, another little, like I'm already part of the radio station and I'm going to, you know, I, I can help out on the side too. And not that I haven't done like, you know, I've, I've done a couple of like, you know, like MC events and stuff like that around town, like for charity or whatever. But I never told anyone when I started. I just kind of did it. And it wasn't until, like, I have a couple of coworkers who I have, like, I'm friends with on Facebook. And then they started to realize it a little bit. And then they started to tell the other coworkers about that. They're like, wait a minute, you, like, you, like, you put, you, like, you put videos online and people watch them? And then that's the only, the other question you always get is, like, like, do you get money for that or something? Or, like, like why, why would you <laughs> it do that? It always comes down to money. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it usually does. It usually does. Um, you know, uh, and in, even doing, like, job fairs for the radio station where it's like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a radio DJ. I've been, I've been in radio. I've been a radio broadcaster for 21 years now. And, um, and here's what we do and here's how fun it is. But the kids today, like, when we go to these middle schools, they were interested because it's like, well, I mean, sure, they're probably listening to the TikTok and Pandora and everything else that's not local radio. Not that they don't. Um, but then when we say, look, well, here's what we do. And I, I try to hype it up. I was like, look, you know, you, you go to every, you go to work every day. You don't have to wear a tie. You don't even have to dress up. You can just roll around, you know, just show up in your pajamas. Right. You the microphone doesn't matter. I've done that. I'm in pajamas right now. 
Well, see, I, I, I know I can see you from here. <laughs> I can't complain on your selection. I love the Ninja Turtles. Um, <laughs> and it's usually right away. But we also, I mean, it's all all media now is is all consolidated to it's everything. So, um, and, and not just radio, but also uh, you know, like television news, newspapers. It's all social media and everything else. So when I start talking about that too, it's like, hey, it's pretty cool. You get paid to, uh, you know, you post on social media, and it's you, you know, you you do stuff for on YouTube. And as soon as you mention YouTube, their ears perk up. They're like, "What? Wait, yes, like, what? You're like, you're like you, you get to make YouTube channels for your, you know, you get to do YouTube for your job." Not me personally, but you know the, the YouTube stuff we do for our radio stations. I was like, "Yeah, that's part yeah. of it." And that's when they start talking about like, "Oh man, you know, I, I love this guy. I love that guy. I watch, you know, whoever they watch, you know, uh, whatever uh, bloggers and stuff like that." Um, I had a ra- I had a coworker in. 2006, when I lived in Idaho Falls, Idaho, of all places, um, and he was the first one I ever met who made, who who posted constantly on YouTube. And even I was, I mean, this is back then. I mean, even in 2006, um, when I was in my 30s, I was just like, early 30s. Uh, I was just like, you know, that's um, like like so you just you post videos for fun, and so it was it was videos of him like you know juggling cereal boxes in the grocery store and stuff like that. It was it was 2006 <laughs> YouTube. And right. he's, yeah, just for fun. And he was like, um, and I was like, and people watch it. He's like, yeah, it seems like it. And I look at his channel. This is this, again, this is back in 2006. I was like, you have 200,000 subscribers. Like, like people actually go like co- constantly go to your channel enough to do that. And he was the first person I ever. That's met. awesome. The first person who I ever met who quit his job because he started getting enough of a revenue on YouTube. This is also this is before Google AdSense. This is before Google took over YouTube. So he had to be wow. part of a, had to be part of a network wow. to get paid. But this is that's all and um, yeah. he's still on YouTube and now he has millions of subscribers and we still, you know, kind of keep in touch, but um wow. when I saw that and even back then I didn't once think about having a YouTube channel. I was just like, "Oh, you know, congratulations. Good for you." That's, you know, that's about as far as that went. Um yeah, but had I have no idea cereal boxes. Well, you know that's uh, that's that's my other thing too. I, I do have a, I do have a cereal box collection. and Wrote a book about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, but that's you, know, right, you did. Okay, but uh, with my kids and everything, um, same idea. Where they kind of grew up with that. Now I didn't have a YouTube channel their their entire existence, you know, but I did have one, and they still watch YouTube, and it's just kind of the other thing that I have. Um, my parents are cool with it. You know, um, my dad has always been supportive of me. Uh, he passed away a couple years ago, but my dad was always supportive of me in high school. Like he would, he would never miss a choir performance. I used to sing in choir. Um, you know, he was super proud of me when I was on the radio, like whenever I would show up at an event or something like that. And he was there too. He would kind of, he, he had a, he had a more, he had a more boisterous voice than I did. And he would like loudly announce, I was like, Oh, Hey, it's John Riggs on, you know, KFF or whatever the radio station was at the time. I was like, yeah, hi, thanks. You know, nobody here cares. Nobody, <laughs> nobody knows. That's um, super cool. And, and when I started my channel, you know, he was, it, it didn't matter what the subject, I mean, same with the music. It didn't matter what the music was. He'd always listen to that radio station and didn't matter what the content was. I mean, my parents were always supportive of, I think more than anything, and this is the truth. And this is me coming from a, a, a parent, father of three, um, and son of two, believe it or not. That um, I think parents are most uh, parents are most supportive when you're not bumming money from them. So if it removes that <laughs> of it, and you're not like, oh man, you know, can I borrow, you know, can I borrow five bucks till the week? No, I have you know. As soon as that stops happening, I think they're really proud of you. <laughs> when it comes down to it, <laughs> that's awesome insight right there. <laughs> That was great stuff, man. I yeah. love hearing about uh, your dad. Uh, was the, 
I, I, I wish we had like another hour so we could talk about <laughs> like your radio stuff and your voice because you anytime just listening to you talk for like five seconds it's very clear <laughs> you're a professional like radio dude and you've like, got that smooth slick voice that's like straight out of like the 1950s <laughs> 60s radio it's it's buttery smooth i'm not even kidding radio and it's the fact that your your dad w- had an even better voice it's like well wait a second wait a second what's going on no. like and a better voice than yours like shit like my, my dad was an inter- this. my dad was an entertainer um so he yeah. um, he was a musician so he um you know he he played the violin he played the bass he played the viola so he was part of our local symphony orchestra wow. one of the founders um he he taught music lessons he was a music school teacher in the Yakima Valley I live in Yakima Washington he was a, a music school teacher in the in the valley for you know until he retired um and just had and just had that voice and you know my voice other people and you, just like you said yourself it's like well you know I hear that all the time where it's like well hey you you have a voice for radio um, not not saying that they, they don't have a faith for radio, you know, but right. but they're like, oh, you know, like oh, you sound like a radio DJ. Um, there's my alarm. Um, they say like, oh, you sound like a radio DJ. It's like, well, that's because you now know I'm in radio. You know, if I was a politician, you would say, oh, well, of course you're a politician. You sound like a politician. It's like, what is it? Uh, it's this. It's the same point, voice yeah. I've had since I was, you know, 13 and a half yeah. or whenever my, you know, and I'm, I, I I I tease that my voice cracked <laughs> once. I had a, I had a typical, <laughs> typical voice. It cracked, roll, once, rolled up, it dropped an octave, and there we go. So that's yeah. Roll out of bed. <laughs> hey guys, what's going? Hey guys, hey. what's going on? <laughs> there it is. That's it. Uh, man. So that's great. Figure it oh, out. thanks so much for taking the time with us today, man. We really fun, appreciate man. you. We'll do it another time. I promise. Oh, if, if, if we want to, I we uh, I'm speaking for Trav here. I would love to talk to you about. Anything you can say about your radio experiences, radio industry, sure. uh, and then we'll mix in some gaming stuff. Yeah, I could do that all the, all the time. Yeah, and that you, would be you're, awesome. You're definitely speaking for yourself because Trav is like, not this guy again. Come on, get out. Yeah, come on, <laughs> three times. Gosh. Trav, no, no, for sure. We would definitely love to have you back, man. <laughs> thanks, thanks again, and um, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. That's the tease. That's the hook. I'll be back another time. I'll be back. I'll be back. All right, everyone. That's been another Drunk Friend Podcast. Um, and guess what? You can reach out to us with questions or comments at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. We'll respond or read it here eventually. Please head over to polymedianetwork.com. We got other podcasts, Tales of the Lesser Medium, Polykill, Indie Quest, Petey's Power Hour. And we just added one about movies called Uncle Doug's DVD, Ben. That's been, uh, it's getting pretty hot. It's getting pretty popular. So go check it out. Yeah. It should be Uncle Doug's uh, DVD bucket. If you ask me, uh, <laughs> even though you're the one that came up with that, Travis. But uh, if you're not interested in sending an email, you should send us one anyway, if you're not feeling like it, because we need emails. But uh, that's not a big deal. Just give us a rating and a review on a podcast app of your choice, and that'll help us out big time. And in fact, you could rate on Spot. What are you doing? You're sitting here listening to us, and you can't rate on Spotify right now? Do it. Mm-hmm. Go to Spotify. Go yep. now. Get down. There's a bomb. No, get down. Do it. Do it or there's a bomb. Uh, you can find us on social media on Twitter. I'm at Trav Plays Games. I'm sorry, Travis. You're done. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's just a it's just a bomb. We can we'll be fine. <laughs> uh, Alex is of course at Snaz Drunk, and you can find John at John Blue Riggs, the color blue. That's right. And as always, the music you heard in the beginning and can hear right now was composed by our friend Coolor. The track you uh 
the track you hear is called mm. Electric oh, mm. Don't do that. Damn it. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> the track you hear is called Electric State. <laughs> once, once I stumble and you go, mm. it's like <laughs> a little bit of hesitation. Mm. Oh, it's all new. You know I'm nervous about reading this. <laughs> the track you hear is called Electric Starbound, so you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzz. Damn it. On the Buzzsprout podcast page. Shout out to Josh Leslie for his thirst... Fucking shit. For our (laughs) thirst-quenching logo. (laughs) Motherfucker. Uh, That was was one of your worst ones. Uh, Be sure to catch us all on YouTube. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your day, except for fucking Travis who wrote this horse shit. (laughs) What is this? Come on. Uh,